Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's July 7th, 2017. Welcome to another episode of the Mixed Remix Festival podcast. Again, this week, we are doing an online book club discussion. We had uh, put it off from May until now to give you and us a little bit more time to do the reading and to get ready for this. My name is Heidi Durow. I'm the Mixed Remix Festival founder and executive director. And joining me as usual and at just great wonderfulness is my friend and the literary and workshop director, Jamie Moore. Hey, Jamie. Hey. Hello, everyone. Well, so this month, or a couple months ago, we had picked Lisa Coe's The Leavers as our read. It's a brand new book out from Algonquin Books. It's the newest winner of the Penn Bellwether Prize, which is a prize that I won way back in 2008. Oh, my God, it was almost 10 years ago. In any event, I know, that's crazy, right? The book didn't come out until 2010, but I won the prize in 2008. And the book uh, prize is about books that are about something. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. Barbara Kingsolver, the writer Barbara Kingsolver, created the prize, and she wanted to find unpublished manuscripts that would be socially relevant to readers Mm. so that not all of our books would be about dystopian universes or uh, vampires or, I don't know, stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, so I just thought it was a really great chance for us to read this book. It's also about what I think of as the mixed experience. Uh, it's not about a mixed character, but it's about a character who ends up growing up, uh, who is Chinese, but ends up being adopted by white parents and having that kind of multicultural experience. But I think that's one of the things we're going to talk about today, Jamie. Um, I'm going to throw it to you to just kind of get your general impressions of what the book was about and what you took from it. I think what was really interesting to me um, in this book and putting it in the context of the mixed experience was the development of identity throughout the book. Um, because it's it's hinted right at the, the very beginning that there's going to be this shift in narration from the same character, right? So we have Deming who becomes Daniel and is kind of like haunted almost, not not quite haunted, but like having these flashbacks of of his other self um, and of his his mother and and his family kind of throughout his life. But but really we we see a shift um, in his identity when he's adopted and as he's growing up and, and working. And and I also think there's there's a shift and a development of identity in mother character too when, when we get her side of the story. So that was really the central theme for me and, and, and I think it didn't always connect to what we would typically talk about as the mixed experience, but there's definitely for me this underlying current of like who am I, 
in this new place, in this new context, and throughout the entire novel. Gosh, I really like the way you say that, because one of the things I am constantly struck by as I meet other mixed families and mixed people is this question of how people are trying to renegotiate their identities given the landscape that they're in. And mm -hmm. as you were speaking, I was just thinking about, because how, how did we not even talk about this yet? The fourth annual Mixed Remix Festival, which was just incredible and stunning and amazing. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> Right? <laughs> there was that thing that we did, that big thing. Um, yeah. But as you were talking, Jamie, I started to think about David Oyelowo's comments when he received the Storyteller's Prize at the event. And one of the first things he said on stage, uh, now David Oyelowo, if you don't know, is just a wonderful human being, first of all, incredibly handsome. Like, I know he's a nice-looking guy because he's on the screen, but just in person, he's just so elegant and dapper um, and just lovely. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gushing now. I got a little starstruck. I didn't really expect He was to be. pretty great. He was pretty he great. He was, was great. His family was great. His dad was great. His kids were great. They were also great. Anyway, so I digress. But one of the first things he said was, I'm mixed. And you know, everyone in the audience kind of chuckled. But he said, he said mm -hmm. no, I'm mixed. And he explained how his parents came from different tribes in, um, his, in his father's native uh, African country. And he was talking about also being the son of an immigrant growing up in England uh, and then coming to America. So there were all these ways in which he, you know, I'm losing, you know, it's so hard to talk about this stuff because we don't have the language for it. You know, he's a quote unquote full blooded African man, but he also exists in all of these different landscapes and continues to negotiate his identity in the same way that uh, Polly, the mother, does in The Leavers, mm. and as you said, Deming, Deming slash Daniel does between his experience in New York. And I'm going to give away some spoilers, people. Sorry. So turn it off if you haven't finished the book yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, between New York and his uh, up, up, upstate New York, right, where he goes to live with mm -hmm. the family and then uh, back in China again. So, yeah, and... I don't know what my point was, except there, there is, as I, when, before we got on the line, I said to Jamie, you know, when I was reading it this time for the purpose of talking about the book for the Mixed Remix Festival and talking about the mixed experience, I felt like I wanted it to be more overtly mixed, but you explained it so well that it really is about this identity issue and this duality that the main characters have. Yeah. You yeah, have said felt, that... Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I felt reading this the same way that I felt um, when I read um, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's book, Americana. And mm. in that, she's talking a lot about the cultural differences of the African-American experience versus the African experience within the context of America, right? And, and there was something that resonated so deeply with me about talking about, like, where do those lines exist in, in our cultural experiences despite just our, like, ethnic or cultural, you know, sense of belonging or identity that, that depending on 
precisely where we come from and the the traditions and stories and you know what whatever cultural ties we have to that place can be totally different you know from like like David said like from one tribe to another one block to another you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's or for me to to think about that and and how this sense of identity and belonging was really um played with and thwarted throughout this novel as I think particularly with with Deming's character. So. Yeah, I Deming Deming was really complicated to me and I feel like he needs another book because yeah. there were so many pieces of him that were deep seated and we just mm-hmm. we just touched on it. So like the gambling piece and and even the music piece there's a lot about him being part of the music scene and his love for music. And still I felt like there's at least another two books about this guy and how he got to be where he is in this world, which I, I think says a, a lot good about the writing of the book because I want to know more about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, I feel very similar. I feel like a lot of my... It, it feels very redundant to say. I feel a lot of my feelings are are unresolved. But <laughs> that's exactly it, right? That I that I was really captured by the depth of of the, the the characters, but there wasn't enough space maybe within this novel to be kind of going back and forth between the two, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it is told in this kind of going back and forth and forward way, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. That's how I wrote mm-hmm. my first book. It may be the way I'm writing the new book. I can't tell yet. <laughs> um, and But it did feel like, yeah, maybe there could be more space or more books. I don't know if that's in Lisa's plans or not. I'm sure she's, she's ready to be done with something <laughs> after <laughs> all of this. I wanted to read, Jamie, before we go into, because I know you said you had a couple of quotes from the book that you wanted for us to talk about, but before we did that, I did want to make sure that we addressed uh, one of our Goodreads uh, readers, uh, Lauren, yes. who wrote in. She's not able to join us on the discussion today. So I wanted to make sure I at least shared her thoughts about it. And she says, okay, so even though I'm reading it, I haven't been able to read it in time for the discussion because she had other work that she had to finish. By the way, um, this is a side note. If you are listening to this now and you are a library person like me, I am a big library person. I actually have nine working library cards. Yes, I do. This is true. It's all legal, <laughs> too, just by the way. It's totally all legal. And uh, but there's this app that came out in the last year called Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. It's for your mobile devices, your phones, your iPads, your uh, whatever they are. And if you put in your library card number, you are then allowed to download to your phone, to your iPad, to whatever uh, mobile device, not your computer, by the way, to your mobile device. I think it's 12 or 16 titles per month, per calendar month. And they're e-books, uh, audiobooks, and films. So, for instance, right now, you can actually download the levers as an audiobook and an e-book from Hoopla if you have a library card, just so you know. So in the future, we'll try to be mindful of whether or not we're asking people to get a brand new book. I know a lot of people get their books from the library, but that's another way. It's not all books, but it's some books. And it's a lot of great films. So, sorry. 
Let me get back to Lauren. <laughs> I digress. Uh, Lauren says, what I will say is based on what I've read so far, Deming's adoptive parents seem like the kind of white folks who are pretty informed, but not informed enough. Referring to POCs, minorities, not understanding trigger warnings and political correctness, and not recognizing their own racism are sure signs they are not as, quote, woke as they'd like to think themselves to be. It even goes as far out as to renaming Deming to Daniel, despite the fact that they know that he was born in the United States and can speak English. What even is the point in that? Again, I haven't finished the book, but so far, despite the fact that they're not trying to create problems for Deming, the way I see it, the way they're raising him, is only contributing to the problems he's dealing with long-term. Wow. So I thought that was a really interesting point. And I have to say, like, I really wrestled with those characters. Um, I wanted, I did want them to be a little bit more woke, uh, but I, it's not that I thought that they were untrue. I mean, I think there are folks oh, out no, there who are like that. I mean, they were the well-meaning white people that I grew up with my whole life. Like, they, I could definitely recognize those characters who thought they were doing something really amazing. And, and I, I interpreted their uh, changing his name as, like, their, their way of trying to make life easier for him, right? Like, oh, if, if he has an ethnic-sounding name, he's going to, have more problems in this new school and, and all of these other things. But but like you just said, like not having enough kind of cultural context or understanding to realize like that they're stripping him of his identity. Yeah. What was also, and I was trying to connect to that comment to uh, not just, you know, someone who's transracially adopted, but does that connect also to someone who is, for, again, for lack of better words, the biological child who's brown of a white person, right? And and I felt like, yeah, there is something to this of, of the parent maybe not knowing, and even the African-American parent of a mixed kid, uh, somehow they are, um, well, I'm being very careful here for some reason, but this is also why we have a festival and we try to talk about these things. I'm not saying I have the answers, right. but there is this idea that the parents are somehow locked into their own paradigm of race and culture in a way that is uh, just plain detrimental to the child who is growing up in a different way um, and also you know, possibly in a different landscape. I, I thought it was an important thing to say. That's why I wanted to share Lauren's uh, idea here. But also, you know, it's really important to have white people in our books about the mixed experience. <laughs> because there are lots of different types of white people, right? Yeah. You know, what What else really got me about the parents, too, was that was that Lisa Coe didn't shy away from, like, sharing some of that dialogue between the parents. Yeah. Which was was not only important, you know, in the character development of Deming, but also important for the, the reader to think about them more critically. I, I remember there was one part, um, do I have it highlighted here? Oh, yeah, it says, um, I, I think this was the mother speaking, saying, oh, God, sometimes I look at him and think, what are we doing with this 12-year-old Chinese boy in Ridgeboro? Jim and Elaine, at least they're in New York City. How could we have considered bringing a child from China here? And it's like they go on and on and, and as readers, we, you know, he's listening to this dialogue, but for me, there was also this 
this other understanding I was ha- having at the same time of like, wow, like you know, this this sense of questioning and and it didn't feel like cruel necessarily, like it it felt honest, but it also yeah. was really terrible at the same time. Yeah, it felt. Oh, you know, the word that came to mind for me was it felt uh, desperate. You know, it just mm. felt. It felt kind right. of sad and desperate to me. And right. I think as a kid, especially, like, you don't want your protectors, the people who are in charge of your life, to feel so powerless. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, I, and I think that happens in families because of the way America deals with, with race. Uh, mostly right. it happens in families of color, uh, and it definitely happens in families that are Mixed race. I don't know about all white families. Is there an all white family? Just by the way, that's a whole other. That's a whole other discussion. Um, <laughs> we should go ask Twenty Three Me. We should. Oh my gosh, yes, Twenty Three and Me. Our sponsors uh, this year for the festival. It's so great to have them there. And uh, a lot of people discovered just how not they were the thing they were <laughs> identifying as. Got to sign those consent forms. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Jamie, you you had mentioned that there were at least a couple of quotes, uh, one or two quotes that you had identified in the book that that you thought, hey, let's look at this. Do you have that in front of you now? Yeah, I do. Um, so the first one, and, and and maybe this one will will give us enough fodder to to talk about, but this was one of the the moments that I would like slap the label like hashtag mix right on this. <laughs> felt it. Um, and this is towards the, the beginning of the book as well, where it says Ridgeboro had made Daniel an expert at juggling cells. He used to see Deming and think himself into Daniel, a slideshow perpetually alternating between the same two slides. Wanted Deming to walk out of the building for the two of them to do that little dance people did when they tried to pass one another on the sidewalk but kept moving in the same direction, over anticipating the other's next move. Oh, I love that passage. That, that was one of the most beautiful and I just thought insightful passages. Tell tell me what you love about that or why it resonates with you. Um, it, it really resonated with um, a, a theme that I feel comes up so much in the writers we bring to the festival and many of the, the books that we're drawn to that talk about this, this double consciousness, right, and, and this both awareness and performance of, like, changing parts of ourselves for other people. But with this book, like, what, what made that even more interesting and more complicated was, like, him juggling that just for himself and, and his own recognition mm. rather than what the story we hear a lot of the time and talk about is like how we're performing for other people. But in this sense, like Daniel Deming is kind of doing that for himself, looking in the mirror and, you know, trying to, to figure out how he's going to walk out of the building or how he's going to walk into the school building, you know, and it, that, wow. it, it, this brought it home for me in, in a totally new way, this, this idea that rehashed in my mind over and over to, to see a character experiencing that, that same feeling in a totally different way was really awesome for me as a reader. Yeah, that was really powerful. And I guess I haven't really put it 
that way to myself yet because there is this performative nature of mixed identity um, mm-hmm. because it's you know it's when people see the difference uh, that suddenly you're out of your body but you're also doing it for yourself um, mm-hmm. trying to yeah wow well that's so very well said um, I don't know what else to add to that <laughs> <laughs> well I that's, have a I, right. Question for you as we as we pull to a to a close, and I think kind of brings it back to um, you mentioning at the beginning um, that this book won the the Bellwether Prize, um, and being a Bellwether winner, I was wondering for you like how how you felt this book fits fits into the the legacy of of the other prize winners, and and what stood out to you, or why why you think it was chosen. Well, I mean, I think it was chosen because really good writing. And some of those sentences, as, you know, example, the passage that you read are just so um, spot on and, and beautiful. Yes. And um, and then, you know, it speaks to the Bellwether winners speak to the issues of the day, whether it's happening in, you know, the present time or the past. Uh, you know, this is very important now to talk about immigrants and uh, where do they fit into the American landscape and the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves as Americans and um, and that there are real consequences and real tragedies as a result of uh, moves that politicians make. I'll leave it at that because we are <laughs> we're, we're not here to um, pull for a candidate or a position on anything as a nonprofit uh, arts organization. But certainly, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that this is, it's a relevant, it's relevant to the discussions that are happening in the mm. political arena right now. And, um, and more importantly, it's important to understand the human cost to policies mm-hmm. that are put together. And I, I think those are some reasons that it won the Penn Bellwether uh, and I think it's a good book club read. <laughs> I, I think it's, you know, like the character of Deming is someone that you really want to root for, even though he, you know, Deming is not me, but I definitely felt like I could be inside of him because of this idea of not feeling uh, rooted to a people or a place necessarily right. in the same way that he did. He's also a striving artist in the same way I am a striving artist, um, you know, addiction. In in the case of this book, addiction is in the form of gambling, but in my work it's usually about substance abuse. <laughs> and and so, yeah, I, I think for all those reasons, it's a really good pick for the Penn Bellwether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that that question kind of came to me as, as I was reading it, because I, I remember after reading your book and, learning about the prize. I went and read all of the the other um Bellwether winners and, and that's been a that's been a thing that, that I do, right? I, I pay attention to it. Um and I think one thing that I have found to be true of, of all of the, the books that have this prize is that there's there's a definite search for meaning and that's both personal yeah. and also in this larger sense of society. Um and so I've I, I felt that believers fits very nicely into this larger legacy that, that Barbara King Solver has created. So, yeah, 
Well, you said that much better than I did. I'm going to take your answer. We'll pretend for now. Uh, I, I'm so glad we finally got a chance to have this chat about this book. We, we apologize that it was postponed for so long and then uh, scheduled really quickly, but we wanted to make sure we got this done before the summer was over. We're going to take uh, some weeks off here. Uh, I think Jamie and I need to huddle. We, we're having like kind of uh, off-the-cuff discussions about possibilities for the next book club pick. We're looking at mm-hmm. September. Uh, I think we can pick it in the next week. Jamie, what do you think? Sounds like a plan. Um, if you guys have suggestions, these are not votes, by the way. They are just suggestions for us because <laughs> uh, we want to read books that we want to read. This is the point. And also talk to each other about it. This is also my time to catch up with Jamie, just by the way. It's not private time, obviously, but at least I get to pick her brain a little bit. Um, but send us any um, suggestions you might have. You can send it to info at mixedremix.org or leave a comment on our Goodreads um, book club page to let us know what you think. And, um, and if you have any other comments about the book, we know many of you, like Lauren, were not able to finish it in time for the discussion today. But uh, if you have other comments, we can keep the conversation going over on the Goodreads discussion page. So I guess with that, Jamie, any other final thoughts or words? Um, not not anything really profound. I, I enjoyed <laughs> it. I was, I was challenged by it. Um, but, but I do really appreciate coming back to this this larger discussion of, of what it means to build your sense of self. So that that's definitely what this book gave to me. I think that was a very profound ending. So we will leave it there. We will leave it there. Thanks, Jamie, so much. It was so great to talk to you. Um, I will talk to you sooner than next month. We'll pick this book in the next week or so, so stay tuned. And um, wait, there is one more thing. Should we say anything else about the festival? We are trying to, meaning I am trying to get myself together to get some video and audio posted soon if possible. And uh, and we just had a fantastic time, guys. It was yeah. mind-blowing, right? Like a beautiful we, new we home. Had, yeah, incredible presenters. We had um, a, a couple of our writers have, have some books out. Um, I think Julie Lifcott Hayes, her book is, is new and out now, so be sure to check her out, as well as um, Tara Betts' book is, is also new. So... Yes, uh, The Beijing of America. Beijing of America, it's a series of essays about being mixed. I wrote the afterword for it. Tara Betts is an editor on it. It's a really great collection. It just came out this week. You can get it on Amazon right now, I believe, and it'll be in bookstores soon. And uh, Julie Lithcott-Hames, her book, Real American, is actually coming out in October now. So um, I just had a chance to read that. That's a definite uh, read for you guys. Uh, Gosh, we have to get that writer's uh, presentation up because it was fantastic. Like, it just, someone actually on the evaluation form drew a picture of fire and said, it was flames. I I am (laughs) assuming that's good. (laughs) I'm assuming that's, like, I'm not up to date with the slang, but I think that meant it was really good. (laughs) I think so, too. I think so, too. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so... 
thanks, Jamie, for all the work you did for the festival this year, thanks. and and uh, and also for joining us today to give us your profound thoughts on this book. Uh, you are will send yourself out with your name and. I don't know, and then I'll do the same, and then we'll say goodbye. All right, I'm Sammy Moore. Thanks for listening and uh, joining us for this book club. Please keep in touch through our social media. And I'm Heidi DeRoe, and I really am glad that you joined us, and we will be back again very soon. Have some great summer days, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.